Welcome to Crossbound Ministries, where we are bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, encouraging Christians and pointing sinners to the cross. Will you please pray about supporting our broadcast and ministry that gives us the ability to spread God's word? You can get involved by going to crossboundministry.com. Please welcome our preacher, Mike Sadler, as he brings us an important message from God's word. Embrace the love the cross requires. Cling to the one Open your Bibles with me now to 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse number 5 as we're going through the book of Corinthians, verse by verse. Amen. So the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse number 5, Therefore, judge nothing before the time until the Lord come, who both will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsels of the hearts, and, th- and then shall every man have praise. You might judge a person's actions, but you cannot rightly judge their motives. Only God can do that. Only God can see their heart and their thoughts and their mind. Only God can judge that. We can only simply judge the exterior, but God can judge even the motive why you did that or somebody did that. And let me just tell you, we as people, if you're honest with yourself, we can be quick to judge people many times, and many times we get it wrong. Uh, I, I read some different studies about uh, the human personality, and several of them said that it takes anywhere from 7 to 30 seconds when you first meet somebody to cast your judgment upon them of their first impression. You decide whether you like that person, whether they're attractive or trustworthy or or uh, extroverted or introverted or whatever the case may be. But just after a few seconds, we tend to cast that out there. How would you want somebody to judge you that way to for you to be judged that way? You say, well, that's not a fair judgment. You just met me. You don't know much about me, right? So we should not do that to others just by the way that they look or whether they talk or whether they dress or where they're from. Amen. We should give it time. And in the view of this, we should be extremely, extremely careful in the judgment of other Christians because we can't judge their motives. Only God can do that. And here's the thing we tend to do. And I'm t- I'll, I'll put myself here. We, we tend to exalt those that are spectacular and sensational in your own mind, but not so much the people that are just, you know, mundane, faithful, day-to-day, nothing glamorous about them. But as my dad always said, those bright, shining stars that come shooting in, they burn out pretty quick. And I found that to be true throughout my life and my career. He's right. Those bright, shining stars that come in uh, and everybody's got their eyes on them, they usually don't last too long because let me just tell you god god is it's encouraged but also loves it when somebody is just faithful he's not looking for the spectacular he's just looking for the willing amen and that's how we should look too so what god what does god what does please god 
So God will reveal the counsels of every man's heart one day. He will. It'll be rightly divided and rightly judged. And then at the end of that verse, this 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 is just encourages me. Listen to this, what the last part of that verse says. And then shall every man have praise of God. Wow. To have the praise of God. You know, it's one thing for your parents to praise you, your friends to praise you, or somebody at work praise you, or you get lifted up. But that cannot compare even close to having the praise of God. When God Almighty looks down and says, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Amen. That is the best thing that any Christian could ever hear, to know that God is happy with me and my work that I have done. He says, Well done. So to have the praise of God is something we should all strive for, something that we should all run after, run the race, like the Apostle Paul said. Look with me now in verse number 6. And these things, brethren, I have in a figure transferred to myself and to Apollos for your sakes, that ye might learn in us not to think of men above that which is written, that not no one of you be puffed up for one against the other. The, the Corinthians were not only forming parties around Paul and Apollos, but also around other men that were in their church. But Paul, you, he only uses himself as an example here, so that by their example the saints would learn not to uh, lift up the leaders too high, right? No, I'm not saying you can't follow them. Listen, if you got a pastor, you are following that man. Amen? You are following him. But all of your faith should be in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I believe that's what Paul was talking about here. Even Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. There's nothing wrong with following a man according to Scripture. But make sure that all your faith is in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because what happens if something happens to that man? What happens if he quits following Christ? Are you going to quit following too if you're following him? Well, whose faith and trust was your heart really in? Amen. So make sure there's nothing wrong with following a man. Just like Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. But just make sure that all your faith is in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I believe any good preacher would agree with that statement. So Paul wanted the saints to evaluate everything and everyone by Scripture, as we should also by Scripture. Not being puffed up one against another. Let me just tell you, being puffed up one against another, you know, that comes naturally. It's, it's in your flesh. It's a sin thing. And let me just tell you what it is. It's called pride. When somebody gets puffed up, I'm better than them. I've never done that. I didn't go there. Thank the Lord that never, I, you know, that's pride puffing up inside of them. It most certainly is. And that's one thing that will drive a wedge between you and God, and that is pride. But God loves humility. The Bible says God resists the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble amen so don't be puffed up one against the other if you've got more than another person that's only because god's given it to you if you live a longer life than somebody else that's only because god's given it to you look with me now verse number seven for who maketh thee to differ from one another and what hast thou that thou didst not receive now if thou didst receive it why does thou glory as if thou hadst not received it if one Christian teacher or one preacher is more gifted than the other, it's only because God made them that way. God put that 
in them. Everything, everything, everything that they have, they've received from the Lord. Even your very next breath is from God. So everything we have has been given to us by God. And so here it says, don't lift yourself up. What is one thing that you have that wasn't given to you? That's what this verse is saying. It all comes from God. All good things come from above. And if the Lord has given you that, it's not for you, by the way. If God has gifted you to be a good preacher or good teacher, it's, it's for others. It's so that you will give it to others for the edifying of the church, for growing the saints. Amen. So we should not be puffed up and certainly not be proud because we didn't do it in and of ourselves. It wasn't that you had a bunch of talent or you're so gifted and you're clever and you're smart, you're, you got wisdom. No, the only reason you have any of those things is because God gave it to you. And that's what Paul's saying here. What have you had that you didn't receive? You had absolutely nothing. So you have nothing to glory in. God gave you everything that you have. Now, you can glory in God, glory in that He loves you, glory in that He sent His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to die on that cross. Those are good things to glory in, but do not glory in yourself. Do not lift yourself up in pride because it puts a wedge in between you and God. Verse number 8 says, Now ye are full, now ye are rich. Ye are reigned as kings without us, and I would to God ye did reign, that we also might reign with you. In other words, hear what he says, now ye are full, now ye are rich, you're reigning as kings. They were, they were living in luxury. They were living in comfort. They were living in ease. There was no sense of need for them. And let me just tell you, that is a dangerous place to be. Oh, we all want to be there if I just had enough of this or had enough of that or but that is a dangerous place to be when you have no need of God. If you look in the Old Testament where the Israelites, many times as, as things got good, they had plenty of food, things were going well, what did they do? Every single time they drifted away from God. But when times were hard, when hurtful things came, when they didn't have enough food, amen, that's when they draw, draw close to God. And I'm telling you right now, me and you are the same way. Everything gets good. We can drift away from God very easily. But God wants you close, like a little two-year-old. He wants you always in His sight, always by His side. Amen? Thank the Lord He wants us there, too. So Paul would have liked to have been there with them in, in the good times. But, but God called Paul to a life of preaching and a life of suffering, a life of hurt and somehow in some way when we are persecuted when we are run down when we are talked bad about as christians somehow some way in ways that we can't even understand fully sometimes god is lifted up god is made strong the bible says when you are weak he is strong why because his strength can shine through you when you know I can't do it, when you know I don't have enough, when you know I can't stand up and preach in front of people, but God gives you the power to do it, amen, you know that power came from an outside source. There's no way they could have did that by themselves because they're so weak. God had to have done that through them, and God gets the glory out of it, and that's what he wants. God is the only one that deserves the glory. So Paul's saying, hey, you're rich. You're acting like you're reigning with kings. But really, should you be acting that way? Is there enough evidence there to uh, persecute you as a Christian? 
If you were called to trial for you there in Radio Land, would there be enough evidence in your life to convict you as a Christian? Are you outspoken? Are you bold? Do you talk to people about the gospel? Do you leave a, a track? Amen. Do you write somebody? Do you call somebody? God looks at that. God wants you to be doing that. So as H.P. Barker warns, it is positive disloyalty to seek our crown before the king seeks his, before he gets his. And sometimes if we're honest with ourselves, our human nature, we love that glory. We love it when people lift us up. Why? Because we're getting that, that, that crown, but that doesn't belong to us. It belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible even says that when we get to heaven, that the crowns that we earn, we're going to cast them at Jesus' feet because we're not worthy, but he is. Amen? So be careful if others lift you up. But yet, this is what some Christians do, and the Christians at Corinth, Paul said, you're, you're full, you're rich. But here the apostles themselves were being living in reproach and hurt and persecution. Now, when the Lord Jesus Christ comes back and sets up his kingdom, we will all live in glory. There will be no more persecution. But for now, we have the privilege to share in the reproach and the persecution of our rejected Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And what do you have to do to obtain those things, to be rejected, to, to feel reproached, to be persecuted. You don't have to do one single solitary thing except for to put God first in your life. You look at what Jesus did. Jesus didn't do anything wrong. Matter of fact, Jesus did everything right. He went around healing people and feeding people. Amen. And they hated him for it. And they'll hate you for it. You know why? Because it's the light. It's not you, but it's the light that is within you shines on their dark heart. And it shows them what they really are when they stand before God. And they'll either turn to God or they'll turn on you. And that's just the truth. Your light will shine on their heart. It will show you where they stand before God and just how dark their heart really is because the Bible says that men love darkness. They love their sin and many don't want the light shining on. Many don't even want to be warned about it. Amen. But it is our job, just it was Paul's job, to go forth and preach the gospel. Now you have just as much. When God told me this, it just it drove a nail right in my heart what I'm supposed to be doing. Amen. You have just as much responsibility to share the gospel of Jesus Christ as the disciples had that were with Jesus. Why? You have the Bible in its entirety. You have all the scripture. Amen. You have more than what they had. We understand the beginning, the middle, the end. We know how the war is going to end. Amen. Jesus Christ has already won the battle. We may have some battles here, but the war's already been won. We are fighting from victory, not to victory. Victory has already been won, thank God. And we know that. We can read this scripture. And so I believe that we have even more responsibility to share the gospel of Jesus Christ as the disciples has, because we have the Bible in its entirety. You're not going to stand before God and say, well, I didn't know. Well, you didn't give it to me. Well, it wasn't written out. Even our law, our human law here, we have a law in the books that says ignorance of the law is no excuse. And it'll be the same when we stand before God. There'll be no excuse. You can't say, I didn't know. God says, I give you my word to let you know. Look with me now in verse number nine. For I think that God hath set forth us, the apostles, last, as it were appointed to death, for we are made a spectacle unto the world and to angels 
and to men. Paul pictures his whole life and his whole ministry as he, as he was just thrown into an arena with a bunch of wild animals to attack him and, and to destroy him. But yet Paul bore those burdens and he was faithful to the end to the Lord Jesus Christ because the Bible says the suffering that we have in this day is nothing compared to the glory that will come. As a matter of fact, the Bible even says in Revelations that he's going to wipe away all your tears so all those hurtful things you won't even remember. Now, I do believe you'll remember the good things. I believe you'll remember your family. You'll know who your wife was and your kids was and your parents was and your grandparents was. You'll, you'll know all of them. Of course, nobody's in married in heaven. The Bible says that there's there's not a, a marriage in heaven except for Christ coming to get his bride. Amen. And so look what it says about the angels. It, Paul says he was made a spectacle unto the angels and to men. Now, isn't that something? How do you how are you made a spectacle to an angel? A spectacle is something everybody's staring at, like they're in the arena, like uh, an NFL football game, and everybody's looking down there. They're a spectacle. Everybody's got their eyes on. They're watching them, what they're going to do next, how the game's going. And that's what Paul says, that he has been made even toward angels. Now I want to give you my thoughts on that. How can an angel look down and, and, and say, wow, look at that? Well, this is what I believe. This is why he was made a spectacle. Because, listen to Hebrews 11.1, 1, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Well, angels have seen heaven, haven't they? Well, angels have seen God in person, haven't they? Absolutely, but we have not. And that is real faith. And I believe that's what they're looking at. Wow, they haven't even seen that. But they believe with everything that they have. That's just an opinion of mine. Make sure you note that down. That's just his opinion. But I, I believe that when it says that the angels were a spectacle of them, they're looking at the faith like that we're going through all these hard, hurtful times, but yet I'm going to trust God no matter what to my last dying breath, even if I'm stoned to death, amen, as the apostle Paul was, and he was beaten, left for dead, stoned, shipwrecked. He went through many hard things. And I just dare say none of us are going to go through that kind of stuff, especially if you live here in America. And so they're looking at their faith, and I believe the angels are looking at your faith, and you're made a spectacle of it, especially if you're living out your faith. Amen? Look with me now verse number 10 1 Corinthians chapter 4 verse number 10 we are fools for Christ but ye are wise in Christ we are weak but ye are strong ye are honorable but we are despised Paul said we're fools for Christ so while the apostles were treated as fools for Christ those in, in the church in Corinth they, they were enjoying prestige in the community and in their town as wise people as wise Christians but at the same time Paul was being beaten reproached and stoned and so the apostles were weak but the Corinthians they weren't suffering any infirmity and so I wonder who was bringing more glory to Christ boy we don't like that do we we don't want to suffer we don't want hard times we don't want to hurt but in somehow, some way, it brings such honor and glory to God when you stay faithful to God no matter what happens, no matter what comes your way. Amen? God is pleased 
with that. The Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please him. So you know that your faith that you have in the Lord Jesus Christ and God and living out the Christian life and being the witness pleases God. Amen. It most certainly does. Paul said we're fools for Christ. Everybody thinks we're crazy. We're fools. We're weak. But you're strong. Are you willing to make yourself weak, Christian? Are you willing to be called a fool for Christ? Are you willing to let others make fun of you behind your back because of you witnessing? Are you willing to lay your own pride down and pick up what God has for you? Because I tell you, once you get yourself out of the way, when you get yourself and your pride out of the way, then you can truly serve God. And that's what Paul was talking about when he said, I die daily. He's talking about his own self, his own will, his own want, his own way, his own pride. He's got to put that down every day. And I'm here to tell you, Christian, you've got to do the same. It is a daily battle. Every day when you wake up, you've got to make that choice. I'm going to serve God to the fullest of my potential today. Amen. I'm going to do all I can all I can to tell others about him, all I can to live out the Christian life, all I can to let my faith shine in this dark world. Look with me now in verse number 11. Even unto this present hour, we both hunger and thirst and are naked and are buffeted and have no certain dwelling place. He says, even to right now, it did not seem to the apostles that the hour of triumph for reigning was coming just yet, but yet the Corinthians are, are living this way. Hey, I wonder if, if Paul would say about this, that about us as Americans. We live in such comfort and such ease. You watch the commercial. About every other commercial is about comfort and ease and luxury. That's what it's all about here. And that's what they're selling. And Americans are all about that, buddy. So I, I wonder if Paul would say that about us too. Paul, they, Paul was suffering from hunger and thirst and nakedness and hurt and persecution they hunted him. They pursued him. He was homeless. He had no dwelling place. He didn't have a home. He went around preaching the gospel just as the Lord Jesus Christ had did. He didn't have a home of his own. He went around preaching everywhere, sleeping where he could in other people's houses. Amen. Look with me now, verse number 12. And labor, work with our own hands, being reviled, we bless. Being persecuted, we suffer it. They supported themselves by working with their own hands. As the Apostle Paul was a tent maker, he, he had a trade. He wasn't scared to work. He wasn't scared to work and preach, as many preachers need to be that way also. There's nothing wrong with having a full-time job and working. Now, if you have, a, if there's a pastor that has a big church, absolutely, his attention's got to be on that whole church. But there's nothing wrong with working and preaching also. Paul says, for reviling... They returned blessing. When they were persecuted, they didn't fight back, but they patiently endured it. How do you do that? How can that be done? Well, this is how. You've got to go against your own feelings and go with faith in God's word that God will make it right. The Bible says, God says, vengeance is mine, I will repay, thus saith the Lord. We're supposed to love them and speak the truth to them and let God handle the rest. As one pastor says, obey God, leave all the consequences to him. And that is a good way to live your life. Amen. And I'm here today to tell you that if you've never been born again, if you've never been saved, there's a place called hell and you'll bust it wide open. 
because that's what the cross is all about. Jesus came and died on that cross because he defeated death, hell, and the grave. And you've got to realize you're a sinner in need of a Savior and that you're going to die one day. Ten out of ten people die. You've got to realize that. Repent of your sins. Turn from it. Be sorry for it. And look to the Lord Jesus Christ and believe on him, his death, burial, and resurrection. He rose again the third day. Amen. We pray you have been blessed by today's message. If you have been saved or are in need of a prayer, please contact us at 352-247-9200. That's 352-247-9200. Thank you for tuning in to Crossbound Ministries Radio Broadcast. Will you please pray about supporting our ministry and broadcast? You can go to crossboundministry.com or send your support or a gift to P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. That's P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. For a gift of $10 or more, we will send you a booklet. Please pray for us as our ministry and radio broadcast grows. Tune in every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to hear a message from our preacher, Mike Sadler. You can follow Crossbound Ministry on Facebook, YouTube, and visit us on the web at crossboundministry.com. If you are a pregnant woman in need of help, there is hope. You can reach out to the Citrus Pregnancy Center. There are locations in Inverness and in Crystal River. Their phone number is 352-341-5176. That's 352-341-5176. This broadcast has been sponsored in part by Henley's Grading Incorporated for all your land clearing and hauling needs. Located in Hernando, Florida, 352-897-3507. That's 352-897-3507. This program is sponsored by Crossbound Ministry of Inverness, Florida.